Hey guys, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. We're super excited that it is just about holiday season. It's already almost the middle of November. Oh my goodness. Mm. Um, but I am here with my good friend, Vanessa. Hi, mamas. We are so excited to jump today into this next series that we're doing. It's going to be a two-part series just on what displaying the fruits of the spirit look like in motherhood. And I know for Lauren and I, we're actually having to record this for the second time. <laughs> um, the first one got lost in cyberspace. So we jokingly said this is probably one of, if not the most convicting um, episodes that we've done to this point. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the Lord just wants to continue to sanctify us in this mm-hmm. area as we kind of walk back through this again. But it's such a good reminder for both of us. And we hope um It will be for you guys as well. And I think so often as moms, we identify ourselves as that role as a mother first before we do as a Christian. And we must always remember that our first and foremost identity is with Christ. We are his and he is ours. And we are Christians before we're anything else, before we're a wife, a mom, a friend, anything. And because we are Christians, our identity with Christ should be transforming who we are daily and how we live in every other calling of our lives, which for most of us on here is being a mommy. And one of the ways that we evidence our identity with Christ in the most, in our everyday lives is displaying the fruits of the spirit. A transformed heart and life is going to look just like that well, transformed. (laughs) And the spirit dwelling within us is going to refine us and enable us to live contrary to how our flesh would want to live. And Galatians 5.25 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. And you guys, right before this list is a whole other list of fruits of the flesh. Things like selfishness, idolatry, jealousy, fits of rage, and the list goes on. So if you compare the two lists, it's obvious that the individual who's walking in the spirit will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It is contradictory entirely to who that person is. But as we all recognize as believers who have been transformed by the gospel work in our life, we are still encased in flesh and we struggle with sin and the effects of it in our lives day in and day out. And until we're fully redeemed and glorified in heaven, the struggle will continue. So how do we walk in the spirit as a mama and exhibit its fruits in our mothering day in and day out? We're going to take a look at four of the fruits today and see what scripture says about them and how we can practically walk in them daily. And so it starts out in Galatians 5, as Lauren read, with the fruit of the spirit of love. And it really all starts there. God is love. He is the epitome of it. In Christ, we see love displayed perfectly. And as Christians, we're called to emulate that same kind of love to our husbands, to our children, really to everybody that we come in contact with. It's a love that is selfless, it's sacrificial, it's unconditional, and it is a love that because it is so Christ-like, is impossible to give apart from the work of the Spirit transforming Mm -hmm. us inside. All the other fruits of the Spirit in that list that we read to you flow from this. You can't Mm -hmm. be patient unless you love. You can't be kind unless you love. 
You can't be gentle unless you love. And really the list just goes on. So the way we love is going to be a telltale sign of our walk with Christ. In Mark 12, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He responded with this. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love others as you love yourself. And if you look at the Old Testament law, you're going to see that all of those commandments fit into those two things, loving God with your whole heart and loving others. Mm -hmm. So you have to start there and really ask yourself, as we've been doing, do we love Jesus with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind? Obviously, this is not possible, Mm -hmm. this side of heaven, to fully do it perfectly, but it should be something that we're striving to do. And is that evidenced in our lives to those that are around us, which especially is going to be our kids on a daily basis? Do they see that we love him with everything in us? Do they see that we're saturating our hearts and our minds with his truth? Do they see us in the word? Do they see us fall to our knees in prayer for all things? Do they see us sharing the gospel and grace with other people, not just them, but those around us? Do they see us obeying God and choosing to obey him even when it's hard to do that? And would they say at the end of the day, mommy loves Jesus the most? Mm -hmm. And then do we love others well? That's going to flow from our love of Christ. Do we show our kids that we love them? It's easy to tell them, and I'm sure we often do every day, that we love them so much. But do we really show that to them? Do we extend grace to them? Do we get down and play with them? Do we answer their nonsense questions all day long? Do we take interest in them? Do we study them and really get to know them and pursue them? You're not going to be able to love your children well and show that fruit of the Spirit until you love God well. starts there. And John Piper says that when you want to become a loving person, by all means, you need to pray for the transforming and empowering work of the Holy Spirit. But we also have to take our Bibles and look to Jesus in his word. We need to meditate longingly on his promises until he satisfies your heart with all that is God in him. And when that happens, the spirit and his fruit of love is going to flow from you. Hmm. So, One practical example of, I think, showing love in our homes is just being gracious, kind, patient, and intentional with our children. It's this idea, I think, something that I really am praying I grow in and I'm trying to do more often is just getting down on their level to listen to them. I know I have three little mouths. I have four kids, but three that like to talk to me all day long. And I think often uh, a practical way to show them that I love them is to actually listen to what they're saying to take interest in what they're saying, to be interested in what they like. Maybe that's getting down, you know, and driving race cars with my boys or playing dress up and having a tea party with my daughter, Um, being intentional in my interaction with them and really knowing them and what makes them tick. Um, Just like when we were dating our husbands and probably in the early years of marriage, and I hope probably still now, but, you know, we take interest in what our spouse takes interest in because we love them. You know, I'll sit now still and watch a baseball game on TV with my husband, even though I don't particularly like it. I do it because I love my husband and he likes that. And that's just a practical way to show him love. And we need to do that with our kids, too. We need to really show them that we love them and not just tell them because that's going to reflect Christ to them in such a huge way. Mm -hmm. And we also need to make sure that we love our spouses well in front of our children, both in word and deed. We need to talk well of our husbands. 
but then we need to show them love and our kids need to see that. And then also showing our kids that we love others well, those that are maybe our neighbors or those within the church. When someone's sick, someone has a baby, maybe bringing them a meal, praying for them, um, loving people who are outside of our little circle, you know, loving the homeless, loving people that are even our enemies. Mm-hmm. And our children need to see us loving others in order to grow in that fruit themselves. And ultimately it's just them seeing that we're putting our needs, our, sorry, their needs before our own. And the word says, let us love not only in word, but also in deed. I love that, Vanessa. I love that you're pointing out loving others, not just loving our children, but being the example to them that loving everyone is so important. If we love our kids and then say no to the helping the homeless, well, then they're going to question, well, mommy didn't love everybody. And of course they need to show grace with us, but it's so important for us to show that we love all those who Jesus loved and Mm -hmm. that's everyone. So, um, so joy is up next in the list that we're going to go over. And we actually did a whole episode on enjoying mommyhood and having joy. Um, so check that one out for more on this, but let's touch on it briefly here. Um, Christian joy is not natural. It's supernatural. It's a deep-seated confidence in the goodness of God that can rejoice in all things because he is good. It's the joy of Christ fulfilled in us. And it's the joy that we have when circumstances are not going our way, which as we all know, does quite does happen quite often as moms. Um, But also the joy we have when a prayer is answered in the way we had hoped and pleaded for. It's an unwavering, constant, and it radiates with Christ. So to our kids, this looks like mom being joyful no matter what is going on in her life or in that moment. When Cheerios get spilled all over the floor, uh, when she's running late for an appointment because somebody had a potty accident, which happens quite often in our house, Um, or when she finds out news she wasn't hoping for. You guys, our kids are watching. They're looking to see how we respond to all of life's circumstances and situations. So could our kids say that we rejoice in everything? Um, So next, excuse me, Paul talks about peace in Galatians 5. Peace is a word that is so often used in today's culture, and oftentimes it's used in the wrong context. True peace will never be had here on earth or amongst fallen man, but rather can only be experienced in the perfect relationship with Christ and Christ alone. But the peace being talked about here is the peace the believer will experience and exhibit as they walk in the spirit. Joy and peace really go hand in hand, and I love how John Piper explains it. He says, Christian peace, that subjective feeling of peace rooted in the objective peace of God through Christ, that peace is a good feeling in the heart, not just the body. When the heart is not tormented by anxiety and fear and conflict. So here is the key passage, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known, made known to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. So peace happens when anxieties are removed. Peace is the condition of the heart when anxiety and fear and conflict are not troubling the heart. And of course, this feeling is a good one. So you guys, the question is, do you exhibit this kind of peace in your mind and attitude that your children can see and follow as you lead by example? And I know I share 
quite a bit about medical struggles. And that's because these are the thorn that God has given our family and the joy um, also, and a way that we've been able to show evidence of the fruits of the spirit in our lives. And they're also an encouraging example of peace and joy in all circumstances. Um, When we were told that our youngest was in remission from his arthritis when he was just three years old, we were so excited. We rejoiced and had peace and praise the Lord for answering our prayers and the prayers of so many others who um, were on the journey with us. Um, Yet, just four months later, um, after being told he was in remission, he fell back right back into severe pain and swelling and not even being able to walk because of it. And as devastated as we felt at first, the Lord's strength totally took over and truly gave us a peace and a calm and a joy in, in this storm. And you guys, we were really able to rejoice in Christ and praise him. And we thanked him for finding out that our toddler had relapsed. This is a hard, hard stuff. And The only way we were able to have this peace and joy in the middle of this was Christ. He gave us those fruits and it shined who he was so marvelously. He got so much glory through this just devastating blow. And I'm really so thankful that he gives peace and joy in every circumstance. Yeah, I can attest to just watching you guys walk through that trial and just being so encouraged and blessed by that. Just, uh, joy that only the Lord can give and peace that surpasses understanding that just radiates from you guys as you um, really walk through the fire and just praise him in the good and praise him in the bad. And so the last one that we're going to touch on today is everybody's favorite patience. (laughs) Definitely probably one of, if not the most difficult fruit of the spirit um, for me Mm -hmm. uh, to just something that I'm growing in and I'm grateful for the Lord's work in my life. And I just pray that he would continue to grow me in because having four little kids, uh, and four small, small kids, having patience is definitely supernatural. And it is such a reflection of a believer to exhibit patience because it is so countercultural. We're a society that wants and gets things right away. There's no such thing as patience. We're like a microwave. We want it now and we're not waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, our children come out having zero patience. They want what they want and they want it now. But how can this fruit of the spirit be manifested in our day-to-day interaction with our kids? Does the redeeming work of the spirit reflect in how we exhibit patience within our homes? Patience is the evidence of an inner strength. In Colossians, Paul prayed for patience for the church. He said, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And that's from Colossians 1, 11. And patience, on the other hand, is evidence of a lack of trust in God. It's a weakness. It's a desire to want control, a dependence on the external supports that if life just would go the way that we wanted it and schedules would just go the way we want them to and circumstances would pan out the way that we desire them to or remain the same, then everything will be great. The heart of an impatient person is fragile. It's easily distraught when things don't go planned. This person is angry, has outbursts, frustration, bitterness, harsh words. All of these things are just fruits of that really heart sin condition of impatience, which Mm -hmm. is just evidence of a lack of the spirit working in that area of our hearts. So as believers, we really need to find our strength in God and God alone. We have to realize that we need his strength 
every single day to show patience to our children, all that we come in contact with. And I love that it's just this idea of having inner strength, uh, just to pray for that on a daily basis, to pray that we would be steadfast, immovable, forbearing, enduring, and to realize that he is ultimately in control of every single thing that happens in our lives every single moment of the day, that we would choose in situations that don't go our way, which having children is a lot of times, to respond rather than to just react, to realize that life isn't going to go our way and that circumstances aren't, and that's okay. We can rely and trust in a good and sovereign God in everything. And he can give us the patience we need to have. Piper also says that for the Christian, the strength comes from God. That's why Paul is praying for the Colossians in that verse we talked about earlier. He is asking God to empower them for the patient endurance that the Christian life requires. But when he says that the strength of patience is according to God's glorious might, he doesn't just mean that it takes divine power to make a person patient. He means that faith in this glorious might is the challenge, or sorry, is the channel through which the power for patience comes. Patience is indeed a fruit of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit empowers through hearing with faith. Therefore, Paul is praying that God would connect us with the glorious might that empowers patience, and that connection is faith. So just thinking through so many examples I could think of five probably on any given day of when <laughs> the Lord has called me to exhibit patience uh, just because I I think anybody with one young kid let alone two three four I have four little ones it's just something that I encounter constantly and I often fail in um, the other day I am grateful for this situation coming up and just evidence of the Lord working in my heart in this area Um, my daughter had, she, she, the Lord uses her to push my buttons in lots (laughs) of ways and to really grow me. Um, but she had, I had told her not to touch something and I turned around and she had decided to touch it on the counter, fallen to the ground, broken the plate, spilled everything all over it. And of course, in that very moment, this all happened in a matter of seconds and for, whatever reason, I was having a terrible day that day already. And it was early in the morning just because I think we had sick kids and just, it just was not a good day to begin with. And so I turned around and I looked and I made eye contact with her and her face was just fearful and sad. And I could tell she knew that she had disobeyed and there was nothing that she could do to fix the problem. And in that moment, I could have lashed out in anger and because I was being impatient and frustrated and everything was just that was like the tip of the iceberg but Mm -hmm. the spirit really convicted my heart and was tugging on me and all I could just think was patience just be patient just stop for a second take a breath respond to her take a moment to gather my thoughts to talk with her through this to let her see why mommy was disappointed that it wasn't that something broke or it wasn't that there was stuff all on the floor, but it was because she had chosen to disobey to give her a chance to talk through things and then to just work through it together, to give her a chance to ask for forgiveness, to be repentant over it. And then to just move on from there. And it was such a, just, it was just a beautiful moment. Just a time where I was like, thank you God for just enabling me to have patience in this moment when It definitely was not me having patience. It was the Holy Spirit just working in me because in my flesh and 
in so many other situations similar to that, I would have just lashed out and not had patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just a testament to just realizing for all of us or an encouragement, I should say for all of us that, you know, when we are actively pursuing these fruits of the spirit, like patience, God is going to be faithful to meet us there. He is going to supply the grace that we need. And he's going to give us that still small voice of the spirit tugging on our hearts saying, you know, be loving, be patient, be joyful, have peace. And we can choose to respond to that with the right heart and to take, you know, take that nudge and really exhibit these fruits of the spirit because of that transforming power in us, or we can choose to live in the flesh because we are still encased in it. Oh my goodness. Thank you for talking about patience because that was so convicting and I'm so thankful and I hope it was for you guys too. Um, So we briefly touched on the first four fruits of the spirit today and we just pray that you would be just as challenged and encouraged as we were to grow in these areas of our walks to pray more boldly that we would walk in the spirit daily and exhibit an example of a transformed life to the little ones in our care. Yes. We pray this for us regularly and we're praying this for you too. And we're just so excited to dive into the other half of these fruits of the spirit next time and just be as encouraged as we hope you are too. So thanks so much for listening today. We look forward to continuing on this journey with you all as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel. Well.